Welcome to the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show. I'm your host, Annette Lakovich. Join me as I bring you the most cutting-edge, coolest people in the planet to help you live a bigger, fuller life as a female entrepreneur. More health, more wealth, more happiness as you continue to grow your extraordinary business. Now, let's go. Woman now attracting easy money. Wow. In your business, your relationships, you can have it. Your self-esteem with speaking another language. Today we're going into an interview with Elena Haber and the topic is about healing through food. And I just think it's so important that we really understand when we've got our highest times of stress, highest times of sickness, this is the time when we need to up the ante and be extra, extra healthy. This interview couldn't have come at a better time for me because we really dive into being able to slow down, continually tap into your intuition as well because I've got a very big month coming up. I have my private client's quarterly meet where we meet up in a beautiful hotel somewhere in Sydney and we have this amazing day of a boardroom session where we put each other's businesses under the spotlight and I also go through some uh, business growth strategies as well. So it's a great day. It's a big day and extremely enjoyable all the girls together and um, learning from each other you know the power of a mastermind when you put some when you put smart women in the room together and watch the ideas just bubble to the top it's just incredible plus if you haven't been hiding under a rock you know that the unconvention is back and it's going to be bigger than ever before and I've actually been asked to be the MC so I'll be MCing the whole day it's a big day for me get me to speak any gig on sales performance mindset super easy MC, it's a big day and you've just got to be really, you know, on the ball every second. So it was just a great reminder how I've really got to continually eat cleaner more than ever <laughs> for the next month and be able to really be in check with uh, resting those adrenals. So that's the same for you as well. If you've got busy months, that's the time when you want to reach for something sugary or an alcohol or coffee. And this is the time when we really need to be able to nurture ourselves even more than normal so we've got optimal health because you probably notice when you've had stressful weeks and then suddenly boom you get that cold (laughs) just actually had a client just text me today uh woken up with swollen glands and a sore throat and i text back i'm not surprised with the last couple of weeks that you've had and this is the time when we want something to manage our stress and something easy by putting in our mouth and it's how do we really reduce our stress which is what elena actually goes into today she actually gives some really hot tips of her own. So let's get into the interview. Today we talk to Elena Haber about healing through food. Imagine after a reaction of a vaccination that you were told in your teenage years that you'll never have kids. Then you manage to dive into a world of food, heal your infertility, and be able to also manage your autoimmune disease. This is exactly what happened to Elena Haber, who has now created a following of over 24,000 followers on Instagram. Elena is a blogger at Grazed and Enthused, which is an allergy-friendly website providing the most delicious recipes that fit into paleo and autoimmune protocol templates. She is also the author of The Healing Kitchen Cookbook, as well as her new ebook called 
called Enthused, which you'll be able to grab all those links after today's show to be able to get in touch with her. Let's go ahead and welcome her onto the show. Today, I have somebody who I just said to her in the pre-chat that she is the epitome of what the show is about. The show is about female entrepreneurs and lifestyle. And if I can welcome Elena to the show, because Elena has a massive following with building a wellness brand all around from her original condition, which was suffering from an autoimmune disease, which we're going to dive in today. At current, she has 24,000 followers on Instagram, following her amazing messages and her, her recipes, and 16,000 on Facebook, and obviously still growing, because who knows when you're going to hear this podcast next. So we're going to dive straight into the show. And the show is about you being able to heal yourself through food, something I'm extremely passionate about, as you guys know. Welcome to the show, Alana. Hi, Annette. Thank you so much for having me. Let's dive into it. I want to start, let everybody know where you're coming from, being an amazing blogger, um, teaching people about healing food through food and about wellness. Can you go back and share with us your story? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I am turning 30 this year, the big 3-0, and I was diagnosed with my autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It's an autoimmune disease of the thyroid that results in hypothyroidism. So we hear the term hypothyroidism a lot in the medical community. It seems like a very broad term, but for the majority of patients diagnosed with hypothyroidism, they in fact have Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease. So it has much farther outreaching implications for um, just overall holistic health. So I was diagnosed at 19 actually after receiving a vaccine we have here in the States called the Gardasil vaccine. And about a week after I received that vaccine, yeah, crazy. I know I'm one of those people Mm -hmm. that we don't come out. Yeah, we kind of come out from the woodworks. Oh, well, I know actually a lot of them. So yeah. Do you? (laughs) That's a whole different show about vaccines. Well, (laughs) yeah, let me all interrupt myself real quick and say I got the vaccine in 2008. And I think it was about a year later, they had actually put severe autoimmune thyroiditis under the vaccine reaction in the pamphlet for Gardasil. So it did end up being, yeah, very much linked there. So I had, um, that was right during my sophomore year of college. It was kind of an up and down type of thing. There was a lot of weight loss and weight gain and depression, anxiety, hair loss, uh, weird rashes, suddenly uh, reacting very negatively to certain foods that I always enjoyed in the past, um, digestive complaints, kind of you name it. So the thyroid, it's the governor of the metabolism of the body. So anything that can kind of slow down in the body yeah. kind of comes to a screeching halt when you have Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism so and you'll see the way talking about here you said you were so just had a college in college no 19 in college unfortunately wow. Wow. yeah I should have been living the high life and I did I still did <laughs> still, <push laughs> I still the had a lot of fun in college so yeah I'm not having a pity party for myself I had a ton of fun in college but after college is when a lot of the issues you know entering the workforce I entered advertising and account management I wasn't happy or fulfilled with that career, that stress, that internal stress of not feeling like I was living up to my purpose, definitely ignited my immune system a little bit more and my disease Mm -hmm. progressed. Um, So I also had some deaths in the family at the same time. So a lot of times you see with uh, autoimmune diagnoses, and flares, which is when your autoimmune disease is kind of at its worst. It's kind of peaking. Your immune system is essentially very revved up. So your autoimmune disease processes are revved up as well. And you'll see a lot more symptoms during those times. And, um, 
so yeah, I had some deaths in the family. I had a flare and that's when I said, you know, enough's enough. I need to seek help. Like this isn't normal. Like I was going from a hundred 15 pounds to 87 pounds in just a period of a few months. Mm -hmm. Um, my family was really worried. My friends were worried. They thought I had an eating disorder despite I couldn't eat enough food to even keep weight on me. So there's a lot of ups and downs, a lot of confusion, um, being scared, being a, a young female who's looking around at her friends who seem to be leading fairly normal lives. And I'm on the couch with random fevers and rashes and uh, not being able to eat or uh, throwing up my food because I couldn't digest it. So gosh, a lot of, yeah, a lot of symptoms. The thyroid, it's a, it's a funky uh, organ there. It really controls everything. So yeah, it's very important to manage your thyroid properly. And we can talk a little bit more about that if you'd like, but, um, yeah. So I, yeah, let's keep going though. Cause it, well, let's go down that rabbit hole a bit more. I want to hear more about yes. the infertility and what actually happened there as you got deeper exactly. and deeper down. Yeah. So I always say what really brought me to a healing protocol wasn't Hashimoto's. In fact, it was an infertility diagnosis I received in my very early twenties called premature ovarian failure. And it's, it's considered autoimmune in some people, um, in origin, but it's kind of one of those, not a throwaway diagnosis, but it's, we don't know what's going on with you. You're seemingly in early menopause in your twenties and oh you're over. Gosh. Yeah, so it's a very, very traumatic diagnosis to receive, especially when you have envisioned yourself as a mom of a few kids in the future and having a nice big family and you can picture your Christmases with your children. So even in my early 20s, there was a very, very emotionally trying time for me to process that diagnosis. But being the rebel that I am, I said, no, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to accept the Hashimoto's diagnosis. I know it's a chronic disease, but that doesn't mean it has to be something that defines my life. And neither does infertility diagnosis. What a great mindset to have. So, yeah, it's that rebel personality there. It, mm-hmm. it comes in handy sometimes. And I sought out alternative means of healing myself after conventional medicine certainly failed me. Um, Instead of having my endocrinologist properly manage and test my thyroid, he was sending me to psychologists for depression and telling me, don't eat so much, you won't gain weight, or you just need to exercise more. And mind you, at this point, I was exercising seven days a week and eating salads for all my meals because I just didn't know what to do. Wow. At that point. So yeah, with Hashimoto's, you can have all the lifestyle and diet stuff in place or so you think, but if you don't have the proper medical team and the proper mindset helping you manage and, um, heal from that disease, like heal that cellular inflammation, it can be really hard. It's kind of a monster. So I found a gastroenterologist actually still in the conventional medicine world who introduced me to the specific carbohydrate diet. And within that, I found the paleo diet. And after doing those healing protocols for a few weeks, I had relief from very chronic, long-standing conditions that kind of haunted me my entire life, including headaches, low back pain, and constipation. So just within a few, honestly, a few days of changing my diet, taking out grains and dairy and soy and processed foods and sugar, just within a few days, I felt significantly better. I wasn't completely healed and I knew I had a lot more work to do, but I knew I was on the right track. 
So within paleo, I then found the autoimmune protocol and it had been kind of floating around my solar system for a while. And I knew that there was a version of the paleo diet designed for people with autoimmune disease. So you would think I would, I would say, you know what, that sounds like something I should do, but it just sounded so restrictive and it it is, we can go into it. But I got to the point where I wasn't healing my infertility. So a lot of other things were getting better, but I wasn't getting my period. It had been, I think, about five or six years without having a menstrual cycle and tons and tons of doctors telling me, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this isn't going to happen for you. Um, and so and at this stage, you've started to go paleo. You've felt some changes, but still haven't got the periods back? or is Exactly. Still, yeah, Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of that, that outstanding issue that was truly why I even sought a healing diet is because I wanted to heal my reproductive system and my, and restore my fertility. So I found the autoimmune protocol. I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm sick of emotionally suffering with this and crying myself to sleep and feeling like my body was failing me and that I wasn't going to be able to be a mom naturally. So I jumped into the autoimmune protocol feet first. Like I do everything. I'm much, very much a cold Turkey person. Like when I get to the point where I've had enough, I cold Turkey. I'm like, I can do this and I don't look back. Yeah. So yeah. So even within a few days of the autoimmune protocol, I started to feel even better than I did just on paleo. And I knew then I'm really on the right track to getting some deep down cellular healing uh, to my autoimmune disease and to my immune system and to get things to calm down. And it turned out that, yeah, I did find the thing that worked for me and it wasn't in isolation. So food wasn't in isolation with autoimmune disease. Yeah. The reason for that is because stress and in our modern day society, we're inundated with stressful situations, especially if we don't manage our stress properly and have those stress management mechanisms in place that are very individualistic to each of us. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't managing my stress at all. I was in a master's program. I had moved across the country with my boyfriend, who's now my husband and the father of my daughter. And (laughs) yeah, I know that was it. Within all of this, I honestly had some really amazing things happen, like finding my husband and finding a career I really loved and getting into a master's program in a city that I couldn't have been more excited to go to, which was Chicago Mm -hmm. and beautiful city. Loved it. I miss it. (laughs) Can we just pause for a second? Cause I want to just touch on a couple of things. Um, and there's just a few points that you've you've gone through, which it could be different language for the listeners. The first one is you're talking about cellular health, cellular health. What is cellular health? <laughs> so a lot of times when we look at somebody, we're like, they look healthy on the outside. A lot of times people with autoimmune disease, they look healthy on the outside, but on the inside, their cells are either deprived of certain micronutrients that the immune system really, really needs to regulate itself. So it's not overactive and causing autoimmune disease and causing autoimmune flares, or the immune system is at a point where there has so many ebbs and flows. It is seeing all these, I'm in quotation marks, I'm doing some air quotes here, foreign invaders, which are technically just normal everyday food or normal kind of mild environmental toxins we should be able to process and get rid of. Well, they're seeing that as like major invaders, like let's ramp up the immune system. We're at war here. Mm. So that means if someone goes into like, if they have sugar or dairy, you're saying that the foods can have that effect as well, where it just ramps up the immune system. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And I'm sure you've talked about it on some other podcasts, but the immune system is very much connected to the gut and gut health. So the reason for 
going on these um, food-centric healing protocols is because we want to heal our gut. So the autoimmune protocol is designed to heal the gut lining so that food um, particles don't leak from the gut, from the, the junctions of the gut mm -hmm. into the bloodstream, and then are they're recognized as foreign invaders by the immune system. So. Yeah, a lot of gut healing in that protocol. Yeah. And we've, we've only, we haven't actually done a show just purely on gut health. Um, I've done over 40 um, stressed and fat, and we've talked about the importance of digestion. We've had like a few different things about adrenals with digestion. We actually haven't done um, an episode yet purely on gut health. So it was great you've actually touched on that. Another thing you said was... Um, this is just before we move on because I just want to touch on a few of the things that you did to heal yourself. And one was through food. And then you talked about the stress as well. What have you, what did you put in place to manage your stress? Cause there's all different things we could manage our stress with, but I'd love to hear what you actually did. So it's interesting because when you're type A, as I am and many, many autoimmune disease sufferers are type A as well, or people who have the propensity towards auto, autoimmune disease and inflammation or anxiety or depression, type A individuals. And it's hard. You have to rewire your brain and your personality. And this is how we were born. So imagine rewiring mm -hmm. um, the oh, yeah. central nervous system connections. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these connections have been there since we were babies, whether they're genetic or mm -hmm. from our early, early formative years in our uh, environment. Maybe it wasn't nurturing enough or maybe our parents were a little anxious or there was arguments in our household. There's so many different factors that can play into it, but our personality is forever and it's hard to rewire it. So what I did was honestly surround myself with women I, I kind of focused, I'd always focus more on male relationships for some reason, not even romantic relationships, but just male friendships. They felt safer to me mm -hmm. for certain reasons. And I kind of got over that. I said, you know, I need my females in my life. Like I need to feel that support from women who get it and who know where I'm coming from. And I surrounded myself with people who were lifting me up. I took the negativity and the negative relationships out of my life. And some of those friendships maybe were were perpetuating either body image issues that I had or eating disorder, not eating disorder. I never had one, but disordered eating issues that I had in the past for sure. So I had to kind of get rid of some of those toxic relationships. Yeah. Friend detox. Love it. Yes. <laughs> and I need to have it now. My circle of friends looks completely different than it did like three to five to 10 years ago. And I love my friends now. We are so connected. We talk almost every single day, at least by phone or text message. And I just feel the love from them. And I didn't get that before. So Beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to surround yourself with people who lift you up. Mm. And another thing I did was I got rid of my to-do list. And I know those are kind of glamorized and we should all be, you know, writing our to-do list and, you know, going into our planners and our journals and saying we're going to do this at 10 a.m. and this at 11 a.m. and this at 12 p.m. and we're going to skip lunch because we have stuff to do. And I got rid of that. I said, yeah. no, I'm not going to. masculine way to work, Right. That's it a is. very old masculine system. And just what you're saying there, this is really where we're going to be going with the shows to come, which is how do we start to work more in our feminine or more in a more of a spiritual environment or more in a peaceful environment where we aren't skipping the meals and we aren't just, you know, got like a mile long of things to do because it is just killing us in the long run. 
Oh, you're so crazy. It's a, it's an intuitive way of existing in the world. So instead of waking up and being like, I have to get all of this stuff done and being essentially an overachiever. And I'll, I will say when I was writing um, my first print cookbook, The Healing Kitchen, I was writing that book, which was a ton and ton of work. I was working 60 hours at a children's hospital and finishing my master's thesis. So that's kind of the person <laughs> so you I had a to do like list. <laughs> Yes. And I was going to the gym every day and trying to keep up with friendships and my marriage. So yeah, I was the person who was packing on way too much and it was affecting my health extremely detrimentally. So I got rid of the to-do list. I said, if I get one or two things done today, wonderful. And honestly, my daughter, having my daughter has helped me see what's most important. Like, how do I want to start my day? How do I want to end it? And how do I want to spend that time in between? Do I want to be fulfilled and really fill up my love bucket with love from her and my family and my friends and love with what I do, but not with stressing myself out? And yes, that's exactly how I want to live my life. That's when I go to bed. That's when I feel most fulfilled. So kind of just getting in touch with your yourself and looking at your to-do list if you still are doing one and say does this make me happy is this going to make me a better person is this going to make me fulfilled and if none of the things on your to-do list are checking off any of those boxes it's time to rethink your priorities and what you think is important for you to do and a lot of the times it's what society's told us is important to do especially american society over here we're told work 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 like work comes before all Mm -hmm. happiness and friendships and family yeah it's hard to it's hard to get out of that yeah we just need that message just to keep compounding it's it's like that over here in australia as well it's it's definitely um especially because there's more women these days opening businesses than men and we're continually following a very masculine structure of how to work so i think the more we can get that message out there the absolute better and i love how you said even if you still have your to-do list just get in touch with what you were saying is your intuition and just and feel your way through does this make me happy like what if whatever i could tick off today what's going to give me the most fulfillment and i really love that because it brings you into a conscious space and mm-hmm. being very present with um I think the the vibration and the desire, like I think that's like the rudder in the boat. It sort of steers where you're meant to go in life. So I really love that. I'm going to use that little technique when I do have my little to-do list because when I still do my to-do list, I still just do the the 80-20 rule, the one that's the the most important (laughs) task to tick off. But I really love that because it's a way to check back in to having that um, intuition really guide us. Um, Let's talk about the healing kitchen let's talk about your blog what made you start your blog so i started the autoimmune protocol in february 2014 and i had an idea for a blog like in 2012 probably that i wanted to do it a paleo blog and there was only a few at the time and for some reason I just didn't have the confidence that I'd be able to get in there and I didn't think I had like enough of a niche or a theme and in reality you don't really need that but it for me that's like I'm kind of a big picture person but I also like to narrow in on exactly how I'm going to implement something so I want my strategies my tactics in place before I start something yeah and when I started the autoimmune protocol 
kind of a light bulb went off. I was like, no, this has a lot more meaning to me than just the paleo diet. Like this is how I can reach other people who've experienced what I have experienced. Other people in the autoimmune and chronic illness community, other people in the infertility community. So I have many blog readers who don't have autoimmune disease, but who have experienced either miscarriages or infertility or other different fertility Mm -hmm. circumstances. So I've I've widened my audience in that way, but overall I am, um, I don't don't want to say targeting. That sounds like a missile, but (laughs) my audience is primarily women with chronic health issues. Mm, And I think um, like you're saying, because when you look at your blog and you you actually read the some of the postings that people have put underneath. You can see that there's all different um, targets that you're hitting. And you know when we talk about business, it's great to be at a niche so you know they, people can hear you. If you do a blanket type of marketing, no one's going to hear you. But that niche, the people are meant to hear you, hear you, and the other ones that don't have that problem but still connect. Because the way I actually found you was through um, your recipes. And wow. your your recipes, for me, we really are culling, like, who do we want on the show who has a message that we really are aligned with and we believe in? And your recipes, when I look at some people's recipes, that's when I go, oh, no, they've got this and they've got that. And I looked and, like, every single one of your recipes was just so aligned with, you know, my beliefs, with the way that we should eat. Um, and I was like, oh, we've got to get her on. <laughs> How do you how do you come up with your recipes? Do you have a cooking background? Like how did you get (laughs) into making the most awesome, delicious, delicious recipes? I do not have a cooking background. Um Educationally, I actually always wanted to go to culinary school. It just never happened. But I grew up in a Lebanese household in America. Um, so I'm I'm not even a first-generation Grace. My daughter is my first-generation American. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born in Canada. My father was born in Lebanon, and my mother is French-Canadian. So I had – and my father actually grew up in South America. So I had, like, a ton of different cultural influences in my cooking as a child. Okay. And my parents – I was also very independent as a child, and both my parents worked out of the home and left us home alone to fend for ourselves essentially my mom said there's food in the fridge figure it out so starting around age six I started packing my own lunch for school by age eight I was cooking a lot of my breakfasts lunches sometimes dinners and then by age 15 in high school I was cooking like all of my family's dinners and not just cooking like mac and cheese but I was going into my food and wine subscription and cooking some really elaborate dishes that I wish I could still eat today but there a lot of them had gluten in them (laughs) So they were delicious, but they probably weren't the right choice for me at the time. But yeah, I still use my food and wine experience just cooking out of those magazines as a basis for a lot of my recipes. And something I do with a lot of my recipes is I don't always recreate like the junk foods that you see in a lot of healthier food blogs. They try and recreate Mm -hmm. more junk food recipes. Yeah, like the the Snickers slice. Everyone tries to do the Snickers slice, right? (laughs) you're missing the mark like if you did it like if I do something like that I'm putting avocados and sweet potatoes and very minimal amounts of raw honey in them so I'm trying to make them as nutritious and delicious as possible but still remember like we need to be eating whole foods here like that's Mm -hmm. what's going to help us the most so yeah I take a lot of uh, my Lebanese influence I will say a lot of the recipes in the healing kitchen have a Lebanese influence so you'll see a lot of fresh herbs lemon and garlic and yeah if I hadn't had that 
that ethnic background, I think cooking would be a lot more difficult because I was always exposed to so many different flavors. Mm. And so do you experiment in your kitchen and then something comes out and you go, oh, that doesn't taste that, that there's one thing missing and then you make it again. Like when do you feel like it's good enough to go, okay, this this is going on the page. This is going in the book. So, oh my gosh, most food bloggers would be, be like, oh, I hate you. But a lot of times I do get my recipes right on the first try. Wow. I'm very intuitive with my cooking as well. So my husband's always like, how do you do this? You're like a wizard. Like you can just, I can look at my fridge and have like six ingredients in there and they seemingly don't go together. And I can make like a big family meal that everybody's thrilled with. And I don't know where that comes from. And it is kind of an intuitive way of cooking. Um, having the right spices in your cabinet definitely helps and just having overall like a fridge full of fresh produce and good quality proteins like the inspiration just kind of comes at you when you see all these vibrant foods staring at you in your fridge that's amazing so tell me how does it feel now from where you were 2008 and finding out that you've just pretty much you would have just hit rock bottom just finding out that you've got an autoimmune disease and then being told later on in your early 20s that you're not going to have a baby like you're going to be you haven't got the fertility you have fertility of what a 60 year old or a 70 year old or an 80 year old (laughs) and then to come full circle to today and look back at that journey and to be able to see that the message that you've created from your your challenges and to be able to see that you've created such a following what's some of the learnings that you've you've taken away from that journey a lot of it is, you know, being graceful with yourself and being easier on ourselves. In our society, we're we're told a lot of the times, especially as women, we're not enough. Like we have to play catch up. Like we're we're not equal to men, but we could be if we try a little bit harder. And that's it's backwards thinking. That's really not how it is. Instead, what I believe is I want to harness my feminine power. Like I think we all have it within us. I think it's strong as heck. And it's kind of clouded. We're a little clouded. We don't always see it, but when we surround ourselves with people that are lifting us up, like I said previously, Mm -hmm. and really taking a second to either participate in mindfulness activities like meditation and yoga and therapy. I'm a big fan of emotional freedom technique, EFT. It's a form of therapy. I have an article on my blog post about it. Yeah, it's, Mm. it's a form of tapping. My EFT therapist told me, don't call it tapping. (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it's not the tapping solution. The tapping solution is a very uh, popular book, but it's, it's, it started before then, essentially. It's um, a way of tapping along different um, acupressure meridian points along your body while you're saying affirmations out loud, while you're exploring past childhood traumas, all the stuff that I never thought I would ever have to explore or that I ever thought was connected to my autoimmune disease or my type A tendencies, but in fact was intricately connected with those things. Mm-hmm. So exploring the tough stuff, like getting in there, getting like, taking the gloves off, getting down and dirty with the tough stuff, going back to your childhood. We all have stuff from our childhood that affects us as adults. Nobody is immune from that. And looking at the relationships in your life, are they supportive of you? If you have to constantly defend yourself with somebody or they're not supportive of your healthy living choices, that's not the right person for you. I truly believe that because that person doesn't want what's best for you. And they're maybe they're insecure and they're holding you back because they want you to stay back with them because they're not at 
the place you're at where they don't want to move forward yet. They don't know how. So yeah. How did, how did you build that following? How did you build your following up? Was it something that just took off? Or was it something that you just kept banging away at the tools and then it just slowly growed? What was the journey for you? Yeah, I wasn't one of the accounts that just kind of took off. Like you'll see the accounts with like 300,000 followers and they've only been like, they don't even have a blog really, like a super active blog. They do all of their work on Instagram or Facebook mm-hmm. and they just kind of blew up in, in uh, a couple years, let's say. But it's not necessarily niche. Those might be more um, healthy living, like healthy lifestyle blogs that aren't necessarily helping a specific population. They're just showing us pretty food or neat workouts or a certain supplement. Whereas I kind of come at it from that niche experience where I want to help specifically women with autoimmune disease and infertility. And over time, people, it was a lot of word of mouth, honestly, I've been told that, oh, my friend referred me to your blog. So lots of word of mouth. Um, working with certain brands that were within the paleo and healthy living sphere helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cookbook contract certainly helped. And honestly, I started my blog and it, the blog grew very quickly because there weren't very many autoimmune protocol blogs at the time. And I remember I started my blog in May and by July, I was like one of the bigger AIP blogs. So it happened very quickly. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. But there wasn't much competition there. Yeah. You know, you found the niche and, and you, you, you found that hole and you could serve at that level as well because you're a trusted source. You've been there. So people are going to listen to you because you understand them better. A lot of people with autoimmune disease aren't talking about it. We kind of keep it to ourselves. It's sometimes it's a source of shame to have a disease that is your body attacking your body. Like that Mm. can be a source of shame for some people until we work through those feelings. And that's how it was for me in the past as well. So the blog was kind of the starting point of my healing journey internally, not just with food, but just the emotional healing I needed to um, look at my disease a different way and know that I could heal it, uh, not just with food, but with a different mindset perspective. Yeah. Can you just um, run over with everybody? What are some of the foods that you just, uh, just totally cut out? Like they're just a no-go zone. They're like, put it down. (laughs) So gluten gluten is very much number one. Mm -hmm. It's very strongly linked in the scientific literature um, as both a cause and something that worsens Hashimoto's disease. So that is like the number one thing I tell people. Like if you're not feeling well, take the gluten out. Dairy as well. Soy, which soy can be a tough one, especially if you come from a vegan background, which a lot of people come to the autoimmune protocol or paleo from a vegan background so soy is a big one so no more tofu um nuts and seeds so nuts and seeds can be gut irritants they have um something in them if they're not properly prepared called phytic acid that can inhibit um, both nutrient absorption and also irritate the gut lining Mm. and then another big one is nightshades and whenever i'm at a restaurant and i Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm at a restaurant. And I say I can't have nightshades, so I can't have the tomatoes. They're like nightshades. I'm like like lampshades, and they're like nitrates. I'm like no, night. It's here. Let me just give you a list. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's, it? a, it's a, so nightshades. It's a group of uh, fruits and vegetables that are immune stimu- stimulating. So they're very severely immune stimulating. They turn the immune system on. The immune system is already on in individuals with autoimmune disease. So we want to turn the immune system off or downregulate the immune system to see symptom relief. So a lot of people with autoimmune disease do very poorly with nightshades like tomatoes, bell peppers, goji berries, 
white potatoes, eggplant, chili pepper, paprika, all the stuff that tastes really good. Wow. Um, tomatillos, all the different bell peppers. Uh, yeah. There's a full list. Like, if you look up nightshades, you'll find a full list That's online. amazing because I actually had a blood test done with all the foods and, yeah, I kind of have bell peppers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. I know. I haven't had a nightshade in. Uh, let's see, four years now. So wow. wild. That's why I had to come up with my own healthy AIP pizza recipes because people kept telling me I want to do the AIP, but I don't want to give up pizza. So you will find some of those kind of comfort food dishes on my blog because those are the dishes that bring people to the blog. So they're like, I can do this. Like I can do the autoimmune protocol. It looks, this looks like food I want to eat. This looks like food my family would want to eat. And that's yeah. really, really important. That's super important. It's what they want to eat because my son, like my whole family, we don't do gluten. And it's really funny because my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law, they said to me last Christmas, "Um, how did you find out that Braxton's gluten intolerant? And I said, oh, we haven't. We just choose not to have gluten. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> and I know. So, and really, it's what, about 70% of people are gluten intolerant anyway. They just don't know it. Right. <laughs> Though it's just not healthy for the gut. And you go back to what you're talking about with the digestion and gut health. It's like, it's like the number one thing of actually stopping proper nutrients absorbing. And it's one of the, the main problems for creating, like you're saying, these autoimmune diseases and sluggishness and fatigue and brain fog. And, and I think, you know what, like, yeah, I, I still, if I go out for dinner and there's a nice piece of sourdough there, you know, I'll have it, but we just don't have gluten every night of the week, every day, cut out grains, cut out everything. But it's really funny when um, you have somebody that has no idea and they think that you're just gluten intolerant, that's why you don't eat it. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. So you've got gluten, dairy, uh, nuts and seeds, uh, what do you call them, nitrates? Night shades. Night shades. Um, yeah. Anything else? Soy. Are you, are you yeah. eggs? Soy corn. Yes, yeah, soy yeah, corn. Yeah, no eggs. And yeah, eggs is a big one. GMO as well. You don't want to go there. <laughs> Get away from the corn. Um, eggs. Are you able to eat eggs or not? Um, on the elimination phase of the autoimmune protocol, eggs are out as well. Mm. But the nice thing about the autoimmune protocol is it's not forever. So there's that elimination phase with all of these foods. But the end goal of the autoimmune protocol is to reintroduce as many foods as possible, get as much food variety as possible while still maintaining your health. Uh, most people can introduce eggs. Um, egg yolks first is generally more tolerated. Most people can reintroduce uh, properly soaked and sprouted nuts and seeds. Uh, some people can introduce nightshades. Most people cannot introduce gluten. So gluten tends to be the one that yeah. people stay away from the rest of their lives. Yeah. I, I think if I couldn't have eggs, Oh, that'd be the end of me. I love an egg I know. I know. They're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, how can um, everybody find out more about you? I'm going to have the links here on the blog anyway, um, but how can they fo- find out more about you and start following you? Where's the best place to get a hold of you? Oh, the best place. Um, if you like a woman with a lot of opinions, then go over to my Instagram account, specifically my Instagram stories. I'm like full frontal, like not X-rated. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't probably put that the best way, but I am like completely like 
unrestricted there. So my Instagram stories, I talk about women's health. I talk about women's rights. I talk about body image. I talk about food, how I'm feeding my daughter, uh, how I tackle flares, how I manage my autoimmune disease. I talk about politics, all of it. I I like no holds barred. And you can find me at Instagram.com slash grazed and enthused. My website is grazedandenthused.com. I post a new recipe about once a week, as well as some other uh, articles, for example, some baby development stuff. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist uh, as my career. I'm currently staying at home with my daughter, but that is what I did before I had my daughter. Yeah. And it's still one of my big passions is baby development, baby movement, as well as detoxing our home environment. So safer skincare safer beauty products, safer household cleaning products. I'm kind of a one-stop shop for all that kind of stuff if you're interested in it. Love it. So Elena rattled off a whole lot of stuff there. (laughs) So what we'll do is I will put it under annettelakovich.com forward slash grazed. That's G-R-A-Z-E-D, grazed, like horses grazing or cows grazing. I think that's going to be a little bit easier than spelling Elena's name because it is just a little bit tricky. So um, go straight there if you want all the links. That link down the bottom, if you listen to iTunes or Stitcher, just click that link. That will take you through the blog post. And at the bottom of the blog post, we have every single link that Elena has mentioned to her book, to her website, to her Instagram page. Uh, you'll find it all there. Well, I'm going to finish off with um, just a quick rapid fire, if that's okay. Okay. Rapid, and two questions won't be that rapid. <laughs> the answer won't be that rapid. <laughs> all right. Um, first thing is, what's one of the biggest things that you do in your day that makes the difference in your, your health? My daily meditation. It's 10 minutes. I feel refreshed afterwards. I feel like I can be a better mom and a better wife and a better friend afterwards. And it centers my work day as well. It's something I look forward to and it's my me time. There's no distractions. It's just me on my bed meditating and I love it. Excellent. Best tip or advice that you've been given and used in business? Ooh, be authentic for number one, be authentic, be yourself, um, work with brands who allow you to be yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't sell out. I don't care how much somebody's going to pay you, be yourself and don't take that paycheck because that's when we start being inauthentic. And that's when we start losing our followers and creating a divide between us and our followers. And you know what? I love it. I love when I can tell somebody's being authentic and being themselves and putting themselves out there and love it. I love honesty. I'm all about honesty and could not agree with you more. And that's why I've stepped away from doing so much in corporate. <laughs> the corporate <laughs> clients that I now um, attract, because I do a lot of public speaking, um, but the corporate clients that I attract are the ones that are sort of against the system, like because I do a lot of raps and all that type of stuff. And I notice that's who I attract because it's like, I'm not corporate. I'm not straight up and down. <laughs> so I love what you're saying there. Favorite business woman? Ooh. Do I have? I mean, can. Who's not going to say Oprah? I know, right? <laughs> no one said Oprah yet. I'm waiting for Oprah. No Thank you. Way. Um, <laughs> Oprah's the I, first one that comes to mind. I've heard so many. Look, the ones that I've heard are great. Though for me, Oprah, is, she's just the first one that comes. I couldn't be more inspired or proud of Oprah. Love yeah. her. Love her. Uh, favorite way to exercise? 
Ooh, that one's tough. I love walking as like a walking meditation when I just need a breath of fresh air and I need to kind of shift my mindset, but I really love a good sweat. So I like coming up with my own, uh, not high intensity, but just more circuit training where I'm doing a mix of plyometrics, heavy weights, um, and some steady state cardio. It's kind of my favorite to mix it up. Keep me, uh, keep me interested. That's for sure. Uh, Favorite style of music. Ooh, my husband and I more indie fans. So we love the flaming lips. We love my morning jacket. I love the shins, anything that you can dance to, but has still like an underlying message to give you something to think about. Nice. What's your worst habit? Something that you're willing to share that you're wanting to still break? Ooh, let's see. Biting my nails. My daughter has actually been like pretending to bite her nails because she sees me doing it. And that's one of my anxious habits from my childhood yeah. that I still can't break. Ugh. And that's nothing make you whip into shape when you see her do it and you go, oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So these are the questions that will take a little bit longer. Um, the biggest tip that you can give a female entrepreneur that's in the startup phase in the startup phase, um, surround yourself with supporting females. Like number one tip is surround yourself with people who love your message, who want to help you spread your message. And preferably if they they already have a bit of a following going, I think that's really important. So I leaned on some of my colleagues in AIP and they helped me grow my blog because they liked my message. It aligned with theirs. Mm -hmm. And they also knew I had something different from them to say that they would, that their followers would really appreciate as well. Great. Uh, Biggest tip for someone that is now in the growth stage, they're really uh, cranking things up. Cranking things up. Uh, consistency, honestly, and being okay when things take a little dip, being okay if people say no. It's kind of easy for us to feel really good one week, feel like we got a lot of yeses, we got a lot of new followers, people were really receptive to us, and then the next week, oh, things kind of slowed down. Let's, should I second guess myself? Should I doubt myself? No, don't doubt yourself. Keep on going. Always assess your situation, but keep on going. Be consistent. Keep being authentic. And people are going to come. It comes in waves, and that's totally okay. Just be confident with yourself. Love it. Last question. What's the one thing that you do on a very regular basis? doesn't have to be daily. It could be the same answer you did before, but it's something at least weekly that fills up your level of happiness and no person can do this for you. It's an activity or something that you do that fills up your level of happiness. Well, it actually is something I do daily. Every night before bed, I do a little gratitude practice where right before I fall asleep, I put my hands on my lower abdomen. That's where my hands automatically, intuitively go every time I do this activity. And I think of at least three things that happened that day that that filled me up with joy that were moments that I want to remember. And I actually try. I try to put them into my long-term memory because I want to remember exactly how much joy I felt during that moment. Oh, you know, I'm a better when I write. I feel it when I write so I do the same thing but I write um, yeah. but maybe after I write maybe I might just try that bit of that hand the connection with the body afterwards uh, Elena thank you so much I know it's probably late over there so thank you so much for your time thank you for your brilliance and um, can't wait to help push this message out there about healing through food and healing autoimmune disease Don't wonderful Annette thank you so much for having me you as well so 
Nicole, don't know if you've listened to this interview and you are unsure if you have some type of thyroid problem, if there's something too with type 2 diabetes and you haven't checked it out, go see an integrative medicine doctor. If you just type in integrative medicine doctor in whatever area you are, uh, in America it's functional medicine is what they call it over there. But that was the doctor that really helped just change my way of not living because I'd always had the clean eating, but really the supplementation to help support it. And now my thyroid, even though I had thyroid problems for the last few years, the score that she said, the doctor said was Nirvana. She said, you could not get a better score. This is the score that we want everybody to be at. So there is ability for you to be able to course correct through great diet, making sure that you've got great quality food. You are what you eat, eats. Right, So if you're eating a cow, what's the cow eating? Is it eating corn and pellets and getting fed a whole heap of hormones to make it grow fast? Which is not the food that cows are meant to eat. They're meant to eat grass. So are you getting grass-fed meat? Wild fish compared to farmed fish. So it's starting to clean up your diet that way and make sure you've got some really great quality supplementations like getting a good quality fish oil, CBD oil that we've just gone through in the last interview with Dr. Michael Lewis magnesium we need for our adrenals, vitamin C, vitamin B, and having these great vitamins. Though, if you haven't been to an integrative medicine doctor yet and you still 